Come on, would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time and just lift up a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a sweet presence of the Lord is in this place today. Does, any, does anybody feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight? I feel his help here, and I'm so thankful for his presence. And uh, what, a, what an amazing day it has been in the presence of God. And How many are thankful for what God did this morning? Didn't our associate pastor preach an incredible message about reaching for Jesus? Amen. And what, a, what an incredible morning it was. I felt like God broke some things in the spirit this morning. And I felt when I walked into this service tonight, have you ever walked into a service and you felt a, a liberty there? And I feel like that is because some of the things that were broken this morning. And so I think we should thank God for that. And there's a, yes, let's clap our hands and give him praise. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter three. And as you're making your way there, I just wanted to say uh, that. Help us pray for Pastor and Sister French as they travel, and they'll be back next week. How many love your pastor and are so thankful for him? And, and I'm so thankful that we have ministry in this church, that it's not just within these four walls, but how many are thankful to be part of a church that's reaching the entire world? Amen. I'm so thankful for that, and I thank God for our associate pastor. And I wanted to say thank you to, to my wife. We just got through three weeks of youth camp. And so if I look a little bit tired, that's why. <laughs> three weeks. And I was doing the math a little bit there. Um, in somewhere in the last 17 to 18 days, I led worship 15 times. And so my voice is a little bit tired, but I want to tell you that we had students from Apostolic Tabernacle that were represented at youth camp and they were worshiping God and giving him everything that they have. And I think we should give our young people a hand. Come on. We want to see them worshiping, right? We want to see them in the house of God. Amen. And Brother Ryan, one day I'm going to preach on that uh, situation that pastor had in Guam. It only takes one cat. It only takes one cat to shut it all down. Daniel chapter three and verse 22. Daniel chapter three and verse 22, if you're there, can you say, I got it. it? says this, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound. Can you say bound? In the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And then... Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and he rose up in haste and he spake and he said to his camp counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answer and said unto the king, true, O king. Verse 25, he answered and said, but I see four men loose. Can you say loose? Walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight on this subject. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Would you lift up both of your hands and would you pray all over this place? Lord, in Jesus' name. 
God, I pray, Lord, that you would do supernatural things in this house. Come on, would you begin to worship him for just a moment? I know, I know it's summer. I know some of us are tired, but you, would you begin to just cry out to him for just a moment? God, I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. And God, we know that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We know that you are here. And so we will give you all the glory. We will give you all the honor and the praise. If you believe that God's going to do something special in this place tonight, would you put your hands together and would you glorify him with your voice? Hallelujah. We worship you today, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. And everybody said in Jesus' name, give your neighbor a high five and tell him, may the fourth be with you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It was just a kite, but it meant a lot to a little girl named Mariah. You see, she had made it with her own two hands. Mariah carried her new kite to the middle of an open field in the park on a beautiful windy day. And after working on the intricate pattern she had found online for weeks, she was so excited to finally see it fly. And as the breeze got stronger, Mariah ran across the open field until the kite took flight. And the kite flew higher and higher. She was so proud of the colors she had put together and designed, but she was most proud of the kite's pink tail. As she watched her design flow through the wind, suddenly the line snapped and fell to the ground. Mariah watched in dismay as the kite drifted south towards the river, and she tried to run after it and find it, but finally it grew too dark for her to keep looking. and She was absolutely devastated. She went home broken that night. She had designed it with her own two hands, and it was gone. And The next week on the way home from school, Mariah was walking by a retail store, and the corner of her eye caught a glimpse of a pink-tailed kite. She would notice that design anywhere. After all, it was her design. She ran into the store with joy and she said, Sir, this is my kite. And the store manager looked at her somewhat strangely and said, Little girl, I'm sorry, but someone else brought this kite in this morning. And if you want it, you have to pay $5 for it. Without a word spoken, Mariah ran home and shook every penny out of her Toy Story-themed piggy bank until she finally had $5. She ran back to that store and bought her kite for $5 and change, every penny that she had. And as she left the store with her handcrafted kite in hand, she ran her finger along the pink tail and she whispered, saying, Now you're doubly mine, because first I made you, but now I've bought you. You see, one day there was a God that loved us, and he created us. He designed us, and he made us with loving detail. He thought out every intricate 
pattern, but one day sin came and snapped the kite line and we were released into the wind of sin, finding ourselves lost. But I'm so thankful to tell you tonight that God showed up and he said, not only did I make you and not only did I love you, but when you were lost, I stepped back into the store and I bought you back. You need to understand that there's a God that not only loves you, but he bought you when you were lost. I think we ought to clap our hands and just thank the Lord for a second. I, come on, he's been a good God. I was no good. I was lost. I was a sinner, but he bought me. God has a way of showing up when we least expect it. And when we thought it was over, Jesus shows up and he saves us. Is anybody in the house glad that you've been bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. It says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Jesus has a way of showing up right on time. I surprised my wife with concert tickets about a year ago, and we went to go see Travis Green. Felicia actually was at that concert. She had bought a ticket, and so we met up with her. Has anybody ever heard of Travis Green? Are there any Travis Green? He's the one who sings, You made a way when our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over. And it's a, it's a powerful song, and I don't care if you love Jesus or not. When he goes into, you move mountains, you're going to run the aisle. You don't even have to love Jesus. When you get to that part of the song, there's something that begins to happen. And so that's what I wanted to see, man. He could have sang the Itsy Bitsy Spider that night. I wanted to care. I just wanted to hear Made Away, you know. And, and so I went, and I was excited. I told I told Rachel, I told Sister Felicia, I said, you get ready. I might be the only white person here, but I'm going to out-worship all these people. <laughs> Something awesome is happening in this place. I'll tell you what. Uh, us white people need to learn some stuff about worship from black people. They know how to worship, y'all. And so I was excited. I was so amazed. There was an, a vibrance. There was an extravagance about their worship and and he's singing, and he's, he's singing all these songs that I don't really know because I really just want to hear Made Away. So every song, I'm like, oh, this is good, this is good. When's he going to sing Made Away? Okay, I'm ready. And so all of a sudden, he's singing. The crowd is roaring. The guitar is rocking, and the keys are reverberating through the building. And he says... Good night, Atlanta! And he leaves the stage like they do, dramatically. Everybody, wow, Travis Green! He's amazing, and all the, everybody's cheering, and I'm excited. Yeah! And it hit me. He never sang Made Away! I started getting upset. I looked at Sister Rachel. I said, he never... You can't come to a Travis Green song and him not sing Made Away. And it hit me all of a sudden. 
how could I be so foolish? How could I not know? How have I been so caught up in the moment that I'm not thinking? There's going to be an encore. There's something that's about to happen. And so people started cheering and they started worshiping. And all of a sudden, Travis Green steps back out onto the stage and he goes, you move mountains. And y'all, this white boy ran that aisle. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. But you see, he couldn't have been done yet because he hadn't sung the last song. Some of you think that God has stepped off the stage of your life and you think that he is done. You think that it's over. But I'm telling you, that the God that moves mountains is going to step back. He's going to step back onto the stage of your life. I need you to know that you serve a God that knows how to show up right on time. If you believe it, would you clap your hands and would you shout unto him and give him praise? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were no doubt worried that God had left the stage of their life. They had been waiting on his encore, and they had been waiting for quite some time. You may know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were renamed as captives of Babylon. They were smart. They had potential. And so the king of Babylon wanted them to be raised as wise men. It was hard for them because they lived in a different country and they had to learn a new language. And the people of Babylon did not serve God and that made it even harder for the young men from Israel. You see, they would not bow to the golden image and King Nebuchadnezzar could not handle it. How many knows the world can't handle it when you will not bow to their images? And so... They made a new law in Daniel chapter 3. They said, whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, he should be cast into the midst of the furnace. You see, the world has always changed laws to support their agendas. They refused to bow. And so the Bible tells us, that they bound them up and they heated the furnace seven times hotter than normal and they threw them into the fire. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 24 says, the Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and he rose up in haste and he spake and he said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men? Can you say three men? Bound into the midst of the fire. And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25, And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. Not only that, but they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I'm going to tell you tonight, and I feel a special unction from the Holy Ghost. You will never win a world that you're trying to blend into. We've got to decide in our minds that we're not going to be like the world. We're not going to act like the world. And if they cast us into the fire, the fourth is going to show up. There's a fourth that's going to show up. It's not going to hurt me. Right. 
I'm going to speak into a young person's life tonight, even though I know we don't have a lot of, of our teenagers here on Sunday night. I want to remind you that if you will take a stand for God, God will take a stand for you. There is a fourth man in that fire. It was the son of God. The devil can mess with you all that he wants, but it doesn't matter when the fourth shows up. The devil can throw you in the fire if he wants, but it doesn't matter when the fourth shows up. There's something about your trial added to your stand that causes Jesus to show up. And so I I want to close with three things. I'm not going to be long, but Nebuchadnezzar, he got three things wrong. They made three detrimental mistakes. And Brother Jinx is going to help me with point number one. First of all, he called them out of the fire. By the wrong names. You see in Daniel chapter 3. And verse 26. It says Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. And he spake. And he said Shadrach. Meshach. Abednego. You servants of the most high God. Come forth. And come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came forth. Out of the midst of the fire. You see they had been renamed. By Babylon. In an attempt to convert them. From worshiping Jehovah. For example. By naming Abednego. They were naming him. Servant of Nebo. Nebo being the Babylonian. God of wisdom. Shadrach meant. Command of Aku. Being the Babylonian. God of the moon. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar made a mistake because they may have gone into the fire as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they came out as Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He should have called them by their Israelite names because he knew at that point they're never going to worship a Babylonian God. Those names were given in an attempt to worship Babylonian gods. But he said, come out, you servants of the most high God. Nebuchadnezzar was saying, whoever this God is that they serve, that's the real God. I feel a special anointing in this place. You see, it's no wonder that, 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 that Babylon hated their names because Hananiah means grace and mercy and a gift from the Lord. And Mishael means he who is asked for. And Azariah means Yahweh has helped. It's no wonder that they changed their names because when they're all spoken together, it says if you ask for mercy, Yahweh will help. Young people, Don't let the world put a Babylonian title on you. You're not who the world says you are. You're who Jesus says you are. Somebody lift your hands right now and just begin to praise him for just a moment. I'm almost done. I'm tired of the world telling our kids how they should look. I'm tired of the world telling our teenagers how they should act. Jesus is the one who's in control. His word is the one who should lead us and guide us. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you something on Wednesday night of senior camp. It was a good service. It was powerful. But our youth president, Brother Michael Patterson, asked Sister Cole to come up and pray. And there wasn't a more powerful moment in that service than that when that woman opened her mouth and began to pray. I'm telling you, young people, we need that kind of power. We need that kind of power. We can't stray from that kind of power. The second mistake, and I'm moving quickly. He called God an angel. Because in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 28, it says, Nebuchadnezzar spake. And he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe what he had just seen. He thought he had seen an angel, but... It wasn't an angel. It was the Son of God. Jehovah had shown up for them. And there are times when God sends angels to deliver. But sometimes Jesus is so impressed by your faith that he shows up himself. Oh, I think we ought to give God some praise for that. There's some faith in this house right now. There's some worship. If you would loose yourself in worship, God is looking down and he says, hold up, Michael. Hold up, Gabriel. That's the kind of faith you stay here. I'm going to take that call. When Brother Joseph Campatella preached for us a couple of years ago, we had the honor of preaching at his church last weekend and I was reminded of the story when Sister Lucas went up to him and said, I I feel to tell you that there's an angel here and his name is Michael. I remember seeing Brother Campatella's face turn white because he couldn't believe what he had just heard because he had been praying that Michael would show up. And I'm telling you, if you weren't in that service, I hate it for you because it was one of the most powerful things I'd ever experienced in my life. I could feel the brush of angels' wings. I could feel so much power in this room. My legs felt like jello. I couldn't even walk. I had to just get on my face and cry. All that was because of the presence of an angel. How much more should we go crazy when Jesus steps into the room? What should we do when Jesus shows up in the fire? Somebody loose yourself and speak in tongues for just a second. This isn't an angel. It's Jesus. Stand with me all over the place and lift up your hands. Stand with me and lift up your hands and begin to cry out. How should we act when Jesus shows up? If we as a church can't even stay on our feet when Michael shows up, why can we stand when Jesus walks in the room? It's not an angel, Nebuchadnezzar. It's the Son of God.
mistake. And that is that he used friendly fire. You see, friendly fire is a term used when weapon fire comes from one's own side. Especially fire that causes accidental injury or death to one's own forces. You see, the fire never hurt the Hebrew boys, but it killed his own men. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Secondly, the same fire that wasn't so friendly to the Babylonians was ironically very friendly to the three Hebrew boys. Because the Bible says that they were bound when they were thrown in. In Daniel 3.21 it says, Then these men were bound. But in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25, he answered and said, I see four men loose. You see the fire that the enemy tried to use to kill them is the same fire that Jesus used to free them. I'm going to speak prophetically to somebody right now and this altar is open. You may have gone into this fiery trial bound. You may have thought that this was going to thing that ended your ministry. You may have thought this was going to be the thing that ended your life. But Jesus is going to take that same fire that the enemy used to kill you and he's going to turn it around and he's going to use that fire to burn the ropes off of your hands. It says when they came out of that fire, they walked out loose. I want you to lift your hands right now. We're about to open this altar. Whatever fire that you've been walking through, whatever trial that you've been walking through, whatever it was that tried to kill you, that's what God's going to use to save you. This altar is open right now. This altar is open right now. If you need a miracle, if you're in the fire, you ought to get up here because there's a fourth man. There's a fourth man that's going to step into that fire. There's a fourth man that's going to step into that situation. And when the fourth shows up, the fire doesn't matter. When the fourth shows up, the ropes don't matter. When the fourth shows up, the king's men doesn't matter. When the the fourth shows up Babylon doesn't matter all that matter is that he's here he's here he's here come on lift up all your hands all over this place God is trying to free somebody God is trying to save your life you ought to dance until the ropes fall off you ought to say if the fire is where God wants me if that's what he wants to use then I'm going to take a stand I'll step into that fire I don't care because it's going to be friendly fire it's not going to hurt me but it's going to destroy my enemies it's not going to destroy me but it's going to destroy Turn my enemies. Yes. And if our God is for Come on, God us, is using it to free you. You thought it was over. But God's stepping God back onto the stage. You thought it was done. But God said, I'm not finished. You thought the cancer was the end. But God said, no, not yet. No, not yet. 
telling you, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. Come on, somebody reach for him. There's another song. There's one more song. There's one more song. He's still got to sing my 